then there was this instantaneous and complete silence. That's when that is the moment where everybody realized that this that there was some idiot <laughs> singing in the middle of the restaurant. The millennial generation is as follows. Welcome to Surrounded by Idiots Radio Podcast. Overlooking the picturesque Continental Municipal Golf Course in the beautiful Old Town section of Scottsdale, Arizona, this is the Surrounded by Idiots Radio Podcast. This is Tony, back with you again. How how are things? I hope things are well. It's been... On the natural timeline, it's been a couple of weeks. And the reason why, and I'm sorry that it's been, I've been pretty consistent over the last couple of years, two, three years almost now, uh, up to this point. But I've gone through, I'm going through this marketing thing. It's one of those things where it's a, it's a new experience. It's new beginnings. It's the beginner's mind thing. And online marketing to me is witchcraft. And I'm trying to figure it out. I've got a, a good friend of mine that's going to help me out later on down the road because I'm putting together, you know, and you'll see, and I'll, I'll let you know ahead of time. You guys have been with me and you're listening to all this stuff for however many uh, times you've been listening. But I'm uh, putting the book, uh, putting an f- offer together for the book and a bunch of little stuff. And it is just all consuming in terms of how to write copy and how to set the pages up and whatnot. So anyway, I apologize because that is completely bogarted my time over the last month and it's been very difficult to get anything out in regards to the podcast so uh, i'm going to come back with a vengeance and this week i'm actually going to tell you a story and this story is noted in my book and it was my i call it my epiphany story it's the one point in my life that uh, changed my direction the most and if you've read the book it's called a restaurant serenade And the reason I'd like to share this with you this week is because I think we all have those moments where something happens, and it may not even be this huge thing. It may be just a very, very subtle thing. But for some reason, it has a massively huge impact, a big ripple effect through the rest of your life. And it happened a while ago. This was actually December 14th, 1989. And I was sitting with a group of about 30, and we were all participating in this personal development workshop. And it was day two. It was about an hour before we were going to go to lunch. And I was there just quietly observing the group. When Jeannie, the facilitator, came over to me and says, Hey, Tony, I noticed you haven't shared much with the group so far. So when we all go to lunch today, you are going to stand up in the middle of the restaurant and sing a song. Well, immediately I felt every ounce of blood rush to my feet. And there was this loud pulsating ringing in my ear. And I just, I remember I just had this frozen look of fear on my face and I just stared, like no blinking, just stared right through Jeannie. And as she walked away, I realized our lunch break was like in an hour. And I was thinking that's 3,600 seconds I would have to agonize over all the things that could possibly go wrong with me standing up in the middle of a restaurant and singing. Then I thought, oh crap, you know, if I do this, what was I even going to sing? So then I thought for a second and I thought, well, what about a Christmas song? I mean, it is a couple of weeks before Christmas and someone singing a Christmas carol out of the blue might be a lot less shocking to people. Okay, so for the 3,600 seconds, they sped right by. And now I find myself at the hostess station at the restaurant. 
and she is gathering our group together and was starting to lead us through the restaurant to our table. But since our group was so large, the hostess was seating us in the separate banquet room, not the main dining room where I was to do my little number. And this means that I won't even have anybody in the room that knows what I'm doing. They're all going to be in the back banquet room. I won't have anyone to focus my attention on while I'm singing this song. Basically, I'm going to do this all alone out in the middle of this restaurant. And as we made our way into the banquet room and I was heading towards my seat, I felt this subtle tap on my shoulder. And it was Jeannie. Of course, she didn't say a word, just gave me that look. And I knew it was go time. Well, the next thing I remember, I was standing in the middle of this huge main dining room, steadying my wobbly legs against the salad bar with this cold stainless steel counter that was littered with these little drips of ranch dressing and crouton bits. So I steadied myself with my sweaty right hand on that cold salad bar counter, and I stared straight ahead because I was way too scared to make eye contact with anybody. And I took a deep breath, and I began to sing. So you're probably wondering how I got into this situation in the first place. Well, years ago, I had an opportunity to start a really promising new job. And one of the requirements of employment was that I attend a four-day business business seminar. And I was told it was to help me focus and get better at time management, negotiation skills, and leadership, you know, all that business stuff. And I wasn't too thrilled to go, but I thought, well, okay, I mean, I... I maybe I should be more open, need to see things a little bit differently, kind of go with the flow and just, you know, just get this seminar thing over with. Well, it turned out that that four day seminar was an absolute blast. I mean, picture 130 people in this big, bright room. It's loud. It's fun. There's music playing, high fives thrown all over the place, hugs. And we all went through a number of small personal breakthroughs because the seminar was really a personal growth and development workshop. It wasn't a business thing. He, my friend just told me that because he knew I wouldn't, I wouldn't go if it was a personal development thing. But I actually did. And I actually had a really great time. So as that seminar came to a close, this is a four-day seminar. As it came to a close, I immediately signed up for the next level course because they, they try to get you to sign up right at that last day. They all get you all fired up and they try to get everybody to go again. And I did. I was fired up. I decided to go. So the next one was a five-day workshop that was going to start two weeks after that one ended. Because I'd gotten so much out of that one, I wanted just to keep the party going. Cut to two weeks later, and I'm still riding the high of this first seminar. And that morning, I got up, I jumped in the car, and I excitedly drove my way back to the same location, expecting loud, fun music and a bunch of high fives from the friends I made during the previous workshop. But when I arrived and threw the doors open to the lobby, I immediately got a sense that something was a little different. First of all, there's no music. And there was only this single employee sitting at the small folding table just outside the large seminar room where we had our big meeting the last time. So then I thought, well, this is kind of weird. I mean, am I in the right? Is it here? Am I in the right place? I mean, I don't hear music. There's obviously no hugs. I mean, I, for the first time in my life, I think I missed the touchy, I missed the touchy feely. The workshop was today, right? I'm thinking I, I, I thought my calendar was right. So I'm completely confused as I made my way over to the lady at the table and I asked her if I'm in the right place. And it was some sort of forced smile. She said, yes. And then hand me a packet of papers and a name tag and then sort of pointed to me to go into the room. Well, okay, so maybe maybe she's just having a bad day and all the fun people have already gone into the room. 
So I grabbed the packet and put the name tag on, and I went over to the door and threw open the door, and there's no party. There's just a large, dimly lit meeting room with about 30 chairs in the middle of the room, and they're all set up in a circle facing each other. Well, I mean, I thought I was going to a party, and now I'm seriously getting the sense that I'm at a funeral. So I, 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 so I found a seat and quietly sat there as each of the other attendees, one by one, quietly did the same thing as I did. You know, they kind of entered the room slowly and found a seat in the big circle of chairs. And when all the chairs were filled, the doors closed and Jeannie, the facilitator, walked into the middle of the circle and just, it just stood there. Well, naturally I'm thinking, well, what the hell is this? And just then, it, it, this and this is the one of the weirdest things that ever happened to me in my life. Just then, a woman on the other side of the circle stood up and just started crying and began to share a tragic abuse experience that she had as a child. Now, mind you, nothing has been set up to this point. No introductions, no directions, nothing. Nobody's talking to each other. The lady out in the front lobby didn't tell me that, that to do anything or to prep anything or to tell story. I mean, nothing. I mean, I wanted to just bail at that point, but it was weird. I almost couldn't because it was like watching, it was like watching a car crash. I couldn't turn away from this. So then the woman finished her story, her tragic story, and she sat down and I thought, okay, now we're going to get started. Introductions, directions, whatever. But no. The lady next to her stands up and starts talking and bawling about a tragedy that she went through. Right then and there, I knew I was not here for this. And as that very somber day one of the seminar continued and then came to an end, this happened like through the whole day. And I was the only one out of the group, like 30 of us, that didn't share some deeply personal story. And to be honest with you, I didn't feel like I could compete. I I really had kind of a milk-toasty, typical, kind of a non-tragic childhood. And after all that, I questioned why I should even stay, because I, I think I didn't have anything in common with these people. But the one thing I did learn from that first seminar that was such a blast was I did need to accept that there was a reason I was there and I should just go with it. So right then and there, I decided I was going to surrender to the process and I was going to see this through, although I had, first of all, still had no idea what the hell was going on. So I figured, you know what? My role, my best role in this situation will be as a super supporter to all these poor people. So I make my way back for day two. And at actually, I was feeling a little better because I now figured out my role, and I was going to play this super supporter. And as the morning of day two played out, I continued my quiet support of these poor people in this room, and things were continuing on as they were in day one, until about an hour before lunch, when Jeannie, the facilitator, came over to me, tapped me on the shoulder, and she apparently rejected my supporter plan, and my punishment for not sharing anything was to, yep, sing in the middle of the restaurant at lunch. So let's flash back again to that salad bar. <laughs> so there I was, up against that damn thing. Ah, okay, deep breath, mouth open, and I began to sing. I'm singing chestnuts roasting on an open fire. 
Jack Frost nipping at your nose. And I, so I'm singing the Christmas song. I figured, you know, again, remember the Christmas song because it's Christmas and I figured it would be less shocking to these people that have no idea that this guy's going to be singing uh, at the salad bar in the middle of lunch rush at a Marie Callender's. I'm rolling through the song. Uh, again, I'm not looking at anybody. I'm staring at the back wall. I get to the chorus to let everybody know that Santa's on his way and he's bringing lots of toys and presents on his sleigh. You know that part? Then there was this instantaneous and complete silence. That's when that is the moment where everybody realized that this, that there was some idiot (laughs) singing in the middle of the restaurant. Every single person, I swear to God, customer, server, buster, cooks, bottle washers, whoever stopped whatever they were doing. And the room was just pin drop silence. It was like my, I own the room. Didn't want to for the record, but I was owning the room at that point. And I thought, Oh God, here it comes. I'm not. Bra- I'm seriously now bracing myself, probably grabbing onto the salad bar, thinking, "Okay, flying food is going to be coming my way." Maybe large kitchen staff rushing to pull me off the stage. But as I as I continued on the verse, I, none of that happened. Actually, for the first time in this entire crazy situation, I thought I actually just might be able to survive this ordeal. Now, I'm just after I realized that I just want this thing to be over. So I am booking through the last parts of this song. Merry Christmas to you, right? And I and I bow. I gave a little bit of a bow just out of the fact that I was deeply mortified that I was up there in front of everybody, which was nothing compared to the next, I don't know, probably 10 seconds. It felt like an hour. Pin drop silence as I stood there. And then out of the banquet room, you know, the banquet room in the back where all my other, my peeps were back there. An explosion of cheers and clapping. And eventually, because all that was happening back there and they were getting all fired up, the diners in the dining room kind of started the slow clap, you know, the, the 80s uh, uh, the 80s John Hughes movies, slow clap. Of course, at a more reserved level because they were still in shock. They had no idea what the hell was going on. And at that point, I quickly acknowledged the dining room crowd with a little short wave and practically ran back into the banquet room and into the arms of my nurturing, supportive group. And as I got into the room, I practically floated over to my seat and I picked up my menu, completely relieved that all this was behind me. And just then, our server enters the room. And without saying anything to the group, she stares right at me from across the table. And she says, hi, we have a problem. And now my mind immediately went to, well, of course you do, because, you know, why should this end on a good note? So she says, the bar area at the back of the restaurant couldn't hear you very well, and they want you to come in and sing your song again. Of course, I didn't have time to personally accept that invitation, because, again, that was like a double shock to me. I thought I was done. So my group at that moment had already yanked me out of my seat and was pushing me towards the door, towards the main, towards the main dining room. And, and to be honest with you, I, remembering back what I can because it was such a blur, although I did have a chance to dig my heels in, I could have said, nope, absolutely not. I'm done. I'm finished. I thought, well, the first time it didn't kill me. I mean, I actually managed to survive and got a little reward for taking the risk and uh, completely surrendering to the process. So you know what? What the hell? Let's do this again. So I did make my way back to the bar and I sang the song again. And I got another rousing round of applause. 
And as I made my way back to my group through the dining room and into the back banquet room, I was reflecting on how I was able to actually enjoy singing that time because the second time I had fun. What made the whole experience bearable is because I finally surrendered. I mean, I, I, I chose to see things differently. I went with the flow and I just got it over with. And looking back, there were so many things I really got out of that restaurant experience as well. You know, the bottom line is, is that it taught me how to really loosen up. And that resulted in me building more confidence and accepting myself. And that allowed me to be fully present for the rest of the seminar. In addition, that one experience continues to shape my life every single day. I mean, it started me on the path to helping others through my practice. And I've discovered how to open up and to be a better coach and a mentor by understanding the process of taking action through fear. Because that was like the biggest action through fear thing I've ever experienced up to that point. So when a client comes in and is stuck or frozen with indecision, I can not only completely understand, because I totally can, but I can also provide them support and guidance as they jump off that cliff and into into the unknown, into that restaurant. And the lesson I learned about accepting what is and just going with it has made me a lot less stressed about the small stuff in life, which has made me a lot more fun to hang around and a lot better friend to those who struggle with getting caught up in the minutiae. Getting caught up in every little thing. I call it the 98% rule. And seriously, I live by this thing every single day. 2% of stuff is important and I'll care about it and I'll be concerned about it and I'll worry about it. The other 98%, I don't give a shit about it. I just, I let it roll off and I don't worry about it. So as I wrap this up, I'd like to leave you with this because it's the most important thing for me out of all this. It's the most important impact on my life that this one experience has had. As a single dad raising a, let's say, headstrong daughter, I was able to much more effectively teach and model self-confidence and trust to a child that was dealing with a lot of self-doubt about her strained relationship with her mom. And I knew I could never be both mom and dad because that's straight out. You just can't. But I think I was much better at being there for her emotionally as much as I could because I was able to live through that moment of ultimate vulnerability in that restaurant. So I highly encourage you, whatever is going on in your life, try to look at things differently. Let go of the rock, just go with the flow, and stop wasting any more time. Do something, just get it done. That is my story for you this week. I hope you enjoyed it. If you want to uh, learn more about all of this stuff, then you can certainly pick up the book Surrounded by Idiots because I start with the story and then I move into all the fun stuff and the most important part, taking action. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can always get a hold of me at Tony at javabud.com. I hope things are well out there. Talk to you next week. Bye.